Welcome back. It's Swing Pass Thursday, December 8th. I know I told you last week we would be back on Wednesday. I apologize for a day later this week. But as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel Cohen, and we've got some very interesting news in the form of the Austin Soul announcing the re-signing of their three big offensive pillars in Kyle Henke, Evan Swiatek, and Jake Radak for the 2023 season. Austin Soul, of course, making the playoffs in 2022, challenging the Carolina Flyers, the 2021 AUDL champions in the South Division title game, but the Soul coming up two goals short in that. But all in all, a super impressive year for the young Saul. And I think, as we saw throughout the season, a big part of that was this offense and particularly the play of these three players. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think the Soul are probably the most exciting team trajectory-wise to watch right now, considering they only won three games in 2019, upped that to six wins in 2021. Of course, kind of changing the tide in Texas winning some games over Dallas, and then nine wins this past season, getting to the playoffs. Uh, I, I've i just been blown away by like the the development and the consistency. And, and you're right, it all starts with this offensive core. And it, it is also hard to talk about these three guys, which we'll get into, of course, without some of their other offensive components, course, like Mark Evans played a critical role, Benet Valsarage, yeah. Reese Bowman. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't, we'll, you know. It's it's a full full on system that they have going, but these three guys, I, I think that's it's sort of like the the core of their veteran leadership. Also, uh, so very exciting for the soul to have them all back. You know, you've got an article coming out, kind of breaking down hybrid player position types. It mentions Hanky and Swiatek. I'm working on a piece myself talking about the best offenses in the league, and it absolutely brings up this Austin Soul team. I think one of the interesting things about it and these three players in particular and how central they are to the soul's offensive sort of idea or philosophy is that they have such a good dynamic approach in that they have the long ball. They can activate that deep game, but at the same time, there's some of the best situational ultimate players in the league right now. And I think maybe we should start with the unanimous first team, all rookie selection, all-star game representative for the Austin soul Jake Radak and what his throwing skill brought to this team, what his leadership brought to this team. You know, he was somebody that the sole leadership and brass had been just over the moon about since before the start of the 2021 season. He didn't get to play because of an injury, but in 2022, man, that guy really lived up to the hype, you know, 43 assists, 15 goals, over 6,000 yards of total offense. And I'll kind of let you talk about it, what he brought as far as that deep dimension, that deep passing attack. And it's not to say that the Soul weren't a good throwing team in 2021. I think that their system developed by the now AUDL coach of the year, Steven Nagy, was really impressive. But, you know, you just saw a difference with Radak in 2022. Yeah, Radak is a gunslinger. Like that that is his role on this team. And in 2021 when we started to see this ascent of Austin, they didn't really have that. They had Broadbeck and Paul Starkle playing mostly in the backfield. Both guys like have big throws, but I wouldn't say it's it's their offensive identity of either guy. But Radak is like very much get the disc, move the offense himself. And constantly keep his eyes downfield looking for those deep opportunities to open up. So when you have a guy with that level of throwing talent and the willingness 
to put the disc deep. You know, his completion percentage was far from the, the highest on the line. It, it might have been bottom, but it was like 93%. You kind of know what you're getting there. It's important to have the mix of guys like keep defenses honest in that deep space. And I really think with Radak and being like the pure quarterback of that offense, it also just allowed like the cutters to move around a little bit more, the the cycling from the deep space to the intermediate space. It, it simplifies a lot of things offensively when you have a guy with just that every touch uh, throwing power potential. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. And you mentioned something before the show. Starkle led the soul last season with like 2,800 throwing yards. Uh, 2,600 or something like 2600. that. 2,600. Yeah. Radak in 2022, 4,357 throwing yards. 4,357 yeah. throwing yards. You know, it's just... There's a, there's a difference of, I think, dimension here. It's not to take anything away from Starkle's skill set, and I truly think he was such a backbone player in setting up Radak and a lot of that other sole offensive flow. But For sure. To what you were saying about just opening up options, I think that the deep dimension that Radak unlocked kind of facilitated the overall balance of the sole offense, you saw more spacing. You know, when I when I just think blankly about the sole offense, they're so spread out. You know, they have seven guys who can throw, seven guys who, you know, five of whom can run down the field and sky their respective opponent. And, and to have that kind of balance, I think takes a lot more than just like skill. I think it also takes somebody who can stretch out those defenses and really kind of put them in vulnerable spots. And I think you saw that consistency ugh, consistently with Radak, despite just lacking a little bit of precision here and there. Yeah. But like, again, I think the, the threat that he brought to the field every time he was out there and, and oh, yeah. also yeah. just like the, the mentality of an entire defense, it's demoralizing if you're getting hucked on repeatedly and you know that a team can complete those deep shots and in 2021, they weren't really threatening teams in the same way. So, like, while they looked very impressive a lot of the time when you're missing that critical dimension, um, yeah, I just think that the ceiling got elevated pretty significantly when you brought Radak into the lineup. I remember Najee saying that, like, he was their best player. They were missing their best player in 2021. So, well, with well, as promising a season as they had... Hold on. I'm, then, that's not a misquote. I, I was just going to correct Najee with his own words, which is that he said repeatedly this past <laughs> season that the one of the other re-signings was their best player in Evan Swiatek. And one of the things I also wanted to bring up a little bit about Radak <laughs> was that his deep ball really brought up the or emphasized the team speed of this Austin team. And I think you really saw that mm -hmm. with a player like Swiatek and also with Henke where, you know, they're just able to range that much more and drag cut their defenders around the field and really take them through some hellacious routes. And I think you you kind of talk about this in your hybrid article, so I'll let you explain more. But Henke and Swiatek have become so good at cycling between upfield spaces as a receiver and then coming back into the handler space and reset space and not just kind of like acting as a release valve or a cleaner fish, but they can operate as quarterbacks back there. And you just saw such an ability for Austin to switch gears when Swiatek and Hanky were working off of each other and working off of all the other components in this Austin system. Yeah, I think especially when you look at how they did in the red zone, like either one of those guys, Hanky or Swiatek, could just kind of become a red zone quarterback if Radak happened to push up field or, or whatever 
the situation might have been, but having that flexibility in that like immediate midfield space between the handlers and like the more downfield cutters or the rail cutters uh, is huge. And I, I think Swiatek and Henke also played so well off of each other. Like one of them was typically that release valve, that third handler. And that's kind of the, the um, sort of like the structure that offenses need when they go with a two handler backfield, when they they're just leaning on Radak and Starkle to be that backbone. But you do need that third option and the way like Henke could come back and that allows Swiatek to release downfield. Both guys are very effective deep cutters still, but again, that flexibility and the way they play off of each other just makes the offense that much easier and also makes it easier on the handlers too when you can like get rid of the disc and then like Radak did rack up a lot of receiving yards. He would get downfield himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that that's overall trust that the soul have in their system. And I know we hit on Swive Tech, but I also wanted to take a moment to talk about Henke. You know, he earned second team all AUDL honors this season. He completed an absurd like 97.5% of his passes. He racked up nearly yeah. 5,000 yards of offense. He had a career high 43 assists. He still filled up the statue with goals. He had 12 blocks. He was such a good playmaker as a defensive person in the counterattack or if the Austin O-line didn't turn it over. And we went into 2022 heralding the signing for the soul saying the return of Hanky was going to be such a big part of their offense and what they wanted to do. But we had questions as to, you know, what was the evolution and development going to be? Hanky's always been this highlight reel star going back to his rookie season in what 2017 with Austin. But there were some questions about if he could be a possession handler, if he could take on a large volume and not also increase mistakes. And I think without a doubt, he answered all of that definitively this season. Like oh, yeah. He really transformed into an all-around star, not just in the sense of somebody who can go out and make you the big play, but he can go out there and grind. You know, like, Radak was missing in this team's arguably biggest win this season. Uh, July 9th, hosting Atlanta, needing to win that game to make the playoffs. Had to come back down, what, five in the fourth quarter. They're without their center handler in Radak, who was absent for that game. Henke goes 37 of 39 on throws. I think any other season that would have been a, a season high for him. He he easily quarterbacks much of their fourth quarter attack during the comeback. I, again, like you just start to run out of superlatives. The highlights are still there. He's still this just kind of presence on the field who continues to elevate his game. But now all of a sudden you look at his efficiency numbers. He's one of the most efficient striking players upfield in the league right now you could you could almost do like a blind kind of pull along osgar at times with some of his yeah. throwing rates it's, it's i i mentioned it in the article i sort of break down these different hybrid types and he he's such a unique case because it feels like he fits in these different types depending on the game depending on the situation what personnel they have available sometimes yeah he he has the ability to just be a handler at times. If they don't have Radak, having the, the luxury of putting Kyle Henke in the backfield where he can dominate touches and you know he's not really going to turn the disc over is huge. And yeah, it's such a far cry from what he was in like 2019. I think we started to see some of the shift with Dallas in 2021 when he was sort of forced yeah. into a bigger role. They had a lot of injuries that they were dealing with and also just like messing with their rotations weekly. So I think he his touches generally went up that year. But yeah, like the the highlight Hanky, you know, like the the classic greatest highlight that we all know and love. Like that was 
that was like pure playmaker, you know, downfield, get the get the cut uh, and then launch the disc deep or be on the streaking and as a receiver. Like I, I think he he's probably had the most dramatic shift in that sense where he was just very dependent on those big plays in the past, but seeing him operate as just like a, a go-to safety valve in a lot of ways this past season. Uh, again, I think that was like what was also missing from the Austin offense in 2021. They didn't have so much efficiency from their backfield, from their downfield cutters, a few too many turnovers at times, but Swiatek also upped his completion percentage this past year, which helps a lot. But yeah, man, those two guys, very fun to watch. So Austin goes nine and three in the 2022 regular season. They make the playoffs for the second time in franchise history. Are they increasing that win total in 2023? Is this sort of cadre of signings enough for them to bump that up again? Do we continue to see the steady rise of Austin Ultimate over the past couple seasons that we've seen? Do they actually challenge Carolina? You know, they get the they get the one goal regular season win in week six this year. Very impressive home win. It was the Flyers' second game in a back-to-back playing in Texas in midsummer. Do you think Austin has a legitimate chance to unseat the two-time reigning South Division champion Carolina Flyers? Is this is this their year? This is a 10-win year for Austin. They almost got to 10 wins last year. A few of those wins, or a few of their losses, excuse me, were very close margins. They did also have to travel up. Couple of those wins. Close margins all around. All around. We were talking before the show. Uh, it would be interesting to take a look at like one possession games and, and see how much that could change teams' records, which would probably have been significant for Austin. But that's also part of being like a good team is being able to close out those games. And I think they're going to grow a lot again uh, in the second year with like their their sort of modern grouping of the roster. Um, I'm still expecting most of their roster to return. This year, I think they've just been building and slowly adding more pieces and just the the collective chemistry that is in Austin right now. Reigning coach of the year is a 10-win year for them. I I think it is legitimately uh, time to start talking about them as like uh, a contender. Like I I think they're a championship weekend contender, no doubt. I, I like their trajectory way more than Atlanta at this point. To me, it's like Carolina and Austin should be battling at the top. Kind of the same mindset I had for Carolina Atlanta uh, prior to last season, where I thought like, you know, they could easily split games on each other's road trips, whatever. I view Austin in that second spot right now. They're right up there. You know, I, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I will say though, I think it will be interesting to watch Austin operate from a position of confidence. I think that they've always had it, but I think now with the added expectations of having made the playoffs, not being sort of behind Atlanta in people's perceptions, our perceptions, uh, it's us. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how they kind of operate with maybe a slightly larger target on their backs with maybe a little bit more respect from Atlanta and Carolina having had fallen to Austin last season. Maybe those teams come back with a little bit more of, you know, oh no, you're still the little brother here. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of dynamics to watch develop about both Austin and the South Division going into 2023, which should be another terrific playoff division to watch unfold. But- For sure. It's it's still going to be a battle, but when you think about it, I'm I'm almost expecting Austin to split games 
with both Atlanta and Carolina next year. If they play each other a total of four times, that'd be four games. If they lose two of them, that's a 10-2 season. We don't know yet about inter, uh, interdivisional play, but uh, we'll have to see once the schedule comes out. I do believe the Texas teams are in line for some kind of road trip this season after they hosted Central Division teams and then came up to Central Division last year. I think there might be a similar swap this year. But still a few weeks away from the schedule. We're still a few weeks away from more roster announcements, but we just wanted to keep you up to date on the Austin Souls big signings. We'll be signing off for today. Swing Pass will be back next week. We'll see y'all soon.